the God is Just Like Jesus book. You can email me at chris at God is Just Like Jesus if you want a copy. This is Matthew 14, 22 through 23. Immediately, and this is, sorry, right after the feeding of the 5,000 or men, which is 15 or 20,000 men, women, and children. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat after the feeding and go ahead of him to the other side of Lake Galilee while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they cried, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were, with, who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. <clears throat> okay, take a moment. And um, if you're on your own or you're with a group of people, um, think about or, or talk about what's happening here. Describe it to yourself, what's happening, and then what the disciples are doing. And then just hit pause and come back. Okay, so hopefully you took a minute to talk about the fact that um, after the feeding of the 20,000 people, Jesus sends them across Lake Galilee. He spends some time with God the Father on the mountainside. He starts walking out to them. They are terrified legitimately, never seen anything like it, and they're just undone. And when they cry out in fear, the first thing he says to them is, take courage, you know, it's me. And then Peter does this very unusual thing. He says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water. And so I don't even know why he said that, but I love that he did because he's so responsive to Jesus. Wherever Jesus is, Peter wants to be. And he's got lots of successes and failures, but the, the thing that's awesome about Peter, he's always wanting to be with Jesus. He's always responding. So Jesus says, come. So Peter has this great success where he starts walking on the water because let's face it, the other 11 are in the boat. And as a friend just said the other day, the boat's still sinking. So, I mean, Peter's, he's really doing it. And he gets so far out in the water and then he takes his eyes off Jesus and he starts to sink. Okay, failure, struggle, right? Um, have you ever done anything in life where you strike out in faith and then a little bit later, weeks later, months later, you start sinking. You're like, God, help me. You know, I mean, that's a, that we've all experienced that, anybody that's risked for God. So hit pause for just a moment. Think about or talk about what's Jesus's response to Peter, right? And then process his words. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? What's the volume level on that? What's the tone and color? And then talk about what's your worst, darkest interpretation of those words, and what's your more hopeful interpretation of those words, all right? And then come back, and let's see what we can, we can see.
Okay. And you really got to do that because you're part of wrestling with what do I think Jesus is saying there? That is so important. And you want to listen for the Holy Spirit while you're doing that because he will draw things to your eye and, and teach you things. But you got to do your part before you come back to the video. So hopefully you did that. Otherwise, hit pause again and, and do it. The great thing about Jesus is the instant Peter says, Lord, I'm sinking, save me. It, the text says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, which is phenomenal. He didn't, you know, fold his arms while Peter's drowning and say, well, <clears throat> maybe this could be a little teaching moment, you know. He doesn't do that. He immediately rescues Peter. And then you got to wrestle with him saying, you have little faith. He said, why did you doubt? So, you know, before I really began to engage and really look at, at the, the scripture, the gospels, how Jesus related to the disciples, before I really began to understand, he doesn't attack them, he doesn't shame them, he doesn't reject them, he doesn't fault find them. I had so much of that in my image of God because of life, because of uh, my own choices, right? A lot of times we want to blame our parents. And uh, sure, some of that play, played in there, but really my own choices and then the way what happened in life. And, and then, so my image of God got tarnished by a lot of things, warped, distorted. So I'd read this passage and I'm like going, oh my gosh, he's finding fault with Peter. I mean, geez, you know, Peter, he can never do it right. And, you know, why did you doubt? And Jesus is hacked off with him and, you know, pretty much doesn't want him around and rejecting him. And just, I couldn't interpret it. So as I got more deeply into scripture, I realized that's not what's going on here. Uh, it's interesting, the Message Bible by Eugene Peterson translates this, uh, what little faith you have, why would you let doubt win? Right? There's a whole different way to look at this passage. And I think now studying so much of the four gospels on Jesus, I'm completely convinced that Jesus is saying something like Peter, you didn't have to doubt. Next time, I want you to go further and longer for your good and for the good of everybody around you. I want you to know I'm trustworthy. I want you to keep your eyes on me and go further, grow, become more, become great. And so I think now I read this and I don't see rejection in that. I don't see shame in that. I see Jesus calling him higher and calling Peter to be who he wants to be, really, and, and building him up. See, the, Jesus is not tearing him down here. We may be afraid of that if our image of God is messed up, but it's not what's happening. And he doesn't kick him off the leadership team. He doesn't distance himself personally from Peter uh, after this. He just says, come on, keep going. And so, and they do. <clears throat> um, I also wanted to point out that um, you know, Peter has a success and he has a failure. So we want to keep both those in mind, not just one or the other. So in the verse, in the takeaway section, okay, this one, I've got John 14, nine again, anyone who's seen me has seen the father. So pause the camera for a moment or the video and tell me, what do you see in Jesus? What does that mean about God? And then come back. So once again, if Jesus isn't tearing Peter down, if he's not rejecting him, 
that means God's not rejecting him. If that if Jesus isn't finding fault with Peter, that means God's not finding fault with Peter. If Jesus is challenging Peter for his own good to grow and become more, that means the Father is challenging Peter. So we've looked at a number of situations where we've looked at Jesus patiently instructing the disciples when they're in sin. This one is instruction and it's also got correct, um, a challenge in it. He's really challenging him, maybe a little bit of correction, but it's not, you know, if there's any correction, it's without rejection. He's trying to get him to grow and be more. So hold on to that. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. And then the worship without music section, convert this into worship statements. Go out for a walk or whatever, and I just take time. I'm like, Lord, I love the fact you grabbed Peter instantly, and you didn't let him just sink. You were there for him. You rescued him. Oh, I love that about you. I, I love the fact that you're, you're challenging him, and there's some intensity in it, or there's some strength to it, but for his own good. And uh, you're not, and I love the fact you're not trying to, to tear him down. And that's worship. Just, you know, open your heart up and spend time not just asking God for things in your prayer time, but worshiping him or being in awe of him or adoring him. Um, that's more of a word from the ancient desert fathers, but your capacity to worship Jesus and therefore worship God can grow and become huge and uh, really bring great things into your life uh, in terms of just mindsets and healthy emotions and all kinds of stuff. All right, day number five.